forever. Dog. This week on Teen Creeps. Ling Ling Huang's Natural Beauty. Hello, welcome to Teen Creeps, the podcast that discusses YA pulp fiction. I'm one of your hosts, Lindsay Katai. I'm another one of your hosts, Kelly Nugent. And today we are talking about Natural Beauty by Ling Ling Huang. Not YA, Mm -mm. but horror. Very much of the genre of horror. It feels like our show. It does. It just feels like our show and is a way to incorporate some non-white people. (laughs) Um, I really liked this book a lot. Me freaky too. Uh, (laughs) Freaky too. I cried a lot during the flashbacks. I there's like a specific moment that I like got really sad um, when her parents come to her uh, recital and they see all the stuff that she bought for herself with the money, the stipend. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's like way ni- her dresses are nicer than what the mom saved up to get her. And the mom's like, yeah. she's like, oh, but you deserve the best. Like I could I was like, oh, my God, like these. She's like Sweet happy parents. that she was keeping the yeah. stipend. Yeah. yeah, it's like they were s- such lovely people, and I was really hoping that they were gonna make it. <laughs> Almost no one makes it. Truly, like main character barely makes it. She's not human by the end, <laughs> basically. No. Um, but I liked a lot what this book had to say about assimilation and about beauty and about like mm-hmm. what. And particularly in the Asian community, because I think uh, white assimilation surgery is so popular um, in, yeah, yeah, for Asians and like skin lightening and like nose jobs and eyelid surgery and, and just like the more white you look, the more quote beautiful you are. Um, And I just felt like at the end where she is like completely unrecognizable and has lost her connection to her parents because of everything. Like, cause it's like not only my culture, but like my parents, like that is yeah. really heartbreaking. That was really sad. Yeah. I think I highlighted that part. Um, do you want to read the back of the book before we get too in the weeds on talking about details? Yeesh. Yeesh. Okay. Our narrator produces a sound from the piano. No one else at the conservatory can. She employs a technique she learned from her parents. Oh, that's right, because we never learn her name. I also was talented just musicians. about to say that, yeah. and then I didn't want to interrupt you. I yeah, was like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot we never knew her real name. Well, we know that it's Lotus in, I I don't know. I mean, are they Mandarin or Cantonese? I don't know. I Prob- think. I mean, probably Cantonese, right? I'm trying to remember if I saw the word. Here, let me do a search. I'm going to see. No results for me. They're probably Mandarin just because it's like way more than Cantonese speakers. But I I really don't know where her parents are from. Um, all we get is because the store um, makes her change her name. So uh, blah, blah, blah. I've been meaning to ask about your name. My name? What does it mean? It's the name of a flower, Lotus. It's so beautiful. She just doesn't she just straight up does not say. Yeah. And I think that's actually really cool and really intentional. And like that yeah. feels so... Because, like, every part of her is gone by the end. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So and we never know her name and we, we never, never know her exact heritage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we know her parents' names. So I don't remember their names. Look it up. I just know that she calls them Monba. I think, yeah, we know their... I don't know that we do. No, we do. We for sure do. Because I was like, oh, we get their names. I can't find it, though. La, 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 la. Cool. Because I cannot remember. Do, 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 do. Well, while you're looking for it, I'll continue reading this. No. Uh, be silent. No. We be must silent be silent while I look. Okay, go ahead. Um, she employs a technique she learned from her parents, also talented musicians, who fled China in the wake of the Cultural Revolution. But when an accident leaves her parents debilitated, she, see this here, I'm glad I didn't know this. I didn't know what happened to them. Yeah, I forgot that. I think I read it. I think I read this when I first heard of the book a few months mm-hmm. ago, but I forgot. I also don't like the order that we learn this information in this. So, but when an accident leaves her parents debilitated, she abandons her future for a job at a high-end beauty and wellness store in New York City. That's not true. She... It's like, that's not what she abandons it for. She abandons it because of the trauma mm-hmm. she associates. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's, that's a... Um, that's misleading. Yes, that is misleading. And it's also, like, I like how in the book... We know that she's doing, she's running away from something, but we don't know what. And then yeah, we find I out like about it. Too. Yeah. Uh, Holistic is known for its remarkable products and procedures. And this too, I didn't, I, I wouldn't have wanted to know this beforehand. From remoras that suck out cheap Botox to eyelash extensions made of spider silk. And her new job affords her entry into a world of privilege and a long-awaited sense of belonging. She becomes transfixed by Helen, the niece of Holistic's charismatic owner, and the two strike up a friendship that hazily veers into more. All the while, our narrator is plied with products that slim her thighs, smooth her skin, and lighten her hair. But beneath these creams and tinctures lies something sinister. Um... Yeah, I wouldn't, I liked learning like, oh, what the fuck are they up to with this shit? But also like, we're already up to some weird shit in the beauty industry. I remembered their last name on my own and so I found it. <laughs> what is it? It is um, because they say, hi, is this the daughter of Melon and Li oh, right. Zhao? I don't, right. I'm saying that so badly. I'm so sorry. I, how would you say that? Z-H-O-U. Zhao? Zhao, maybe? I Zhao? Am, am not Zhao. Chinese. Zhao? Zhao. Zhao. Let me see. Here we go. Zhao. Zhao. Oh, Joe. Me. Joe? Joe? Melon and Lee Joe? Yeah. That's what Google's telling me. Joe. Well, we are not Chinese, and so we don't know how to say Um, But yeah, so... I would feel worse about my pronunciation if I also didn't absolutely mangle french <laughs> oh yeah yours your, your inability <laughs> is just like any non-english so no one worry yep i'm yeah, no one so worry my, my apologies it is simply because i don't know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and we bothered to look it up how to say it joe yes uh but yeah we don't know her name mm-hmm. so but yeah i i i think i would I was glad to not know about exactly what the weird procedures that they're doing at Holistic um, beforehand. And this literally tells us what they are. Yeah. Um, Yeah, this gives a lot of way and in a misleading way and in a a way that like 
is actually contrary to her character. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Weirdly. Yeah. Um, I totally understood. I mean, I was frustrated with the narrator at times because I was like, girl, just fucking leave. But I do think it's not enough of a slow burn for her to be completely surprised. But also she's struggling with she is struggling. extreme trauma. She has extreme trauma. She's running away from it. She's also like experiencing financial trauma. Um, so I get it. But like at the point where she's like discovered all the stuff at the place and she still keeps going into everlasting i was like stop going there stop going there and at that point her parents are already like done for and so she doesn't need to pay anymore so for that point i was like i mean it wasn't unbelievable i was just frustrated with her as a person where i was like stop stop going there bro like you at the point when helen is like stop taking everything the, the fact that she interprets that as like, but I haven't been stealing from her. It was like a little silly, I thought. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But also fine. But maybe the medication they're giving her makes her. That's true. We don't know like how much of her brain is under their control. Right. Exactly. Yup, yup, yup. Yup, 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 But yeah, so we, this I also thought this was really interesting that the parents don't want her to play piano. This was just such a unique um, relationship between the parents and the child and not one that I could relate to um, because the and, and perhaps this is a trope, but it also to me is a trope for a reason because parents Asian immigrant parents um, and their uh, first generation children often do experience kind of like a uh, communication divide, even when you share the mother tongue. And even when like I, I, I did think it was very unique that she really loved her parents and really like was using music to connect to them and like wasn't being forced to play piano. But yeah, love. They it. didn't. They didn't want her to, but she because they were like, we don't want you to experience the life that like we had. Um, but she's like, just like no, how we I, might I don't love want Ramona to do improv. It's exactly, <laughs> exactly like same. that. Yeah, but it's like she has a natural propensity for it and or aptitude for it and loves it and sees it as a way to communicate with her parents, like. That's so unique. Yeah, and you don't often see it I in think, like a, a child of immigrant story where it's like, no, they want to be doing the thing that their parents did. They want to be around their parents. And literally have no friends or want friends, really. Because even before she goes to the conservatory, she doesn't really want to assimilate or be friends with people. It's the conservatory that makes her want to assimilate. Um, but before that, she just like is obsessed with music and that's all she, and maybe maybe that's the thing that I was kind of bumping up against because like me and literally, I went to a very high Asian population and a lot of people I knew were Asian, first generation Asian. And I felt like we all did not 
have that kind of relationship with our parents and wanted desperately to assimilate. And Mm -hmm. and there was a there's just this huge cultural divide between like you and your parents, whereas this doesn't fit there. But also, I didn't know any child prodigies. (laughs) So maybe like if you're a child prodigy and like the thing you're obsessed with is music and that's what connects you to your parents, like that's a different perspective that I have never encountered before. But I did have trouble at first. I I loved it and I liked reading about it, but I didn't. It just felt so foreign to me. And I was kind of like, oh, how do I navigate this? Because it didn't match the experience of me or anyone that I knew um, growing up. But that doesn't mean it's not real. And so I, I was like, well, I never knew a prodigy. So, yeah. And I mean, there's like every kind of experience there can be under the sun. Yeah. Yeah. And like being, you know, Asians are not a monolith and it's there's many, many different ways. So I I don't know. It was interesting. Um, But I also I did highly, highly relate to her feeling like others or. Yeah. And yeah. And like wanting wanting to do anything possible to fit in. And like, maybe if I do this, then they'll like me. Maybe if I do this, then mm-hmm. they'll like me. And it always failing. Yeah, that made me so sad. I know. <sighs> Bless you. Excuse me. Excuse me. Bless you. But I, that too, when like, she's like, like everyone hates her because she's too young at the conservatory. She's like 12 or 11 or something. And everyone else is like 14 or 15. And so they mercilessly bully her. That was so sad. Mm-hmm. And they steal her picture of her. That her was parents. the fucking lowest shit imaginable. That's all she had. And I was so happy when Connor gave it back to her. Except I was like, Connor is like only really that interest. Like he's showing her a kindness because she's more beautiful. Quote beautiful. I don't, I mean, I don't know if that's it because he's he talks about being in therapy and like apologizing. And recovering memories, because, like, he was abused, too. Right. But it does remind me, though, of when guys make a woman's trauma their trauma. Like, when he's like, man, I just really hated being the person to tell you about your parents. And it's like, yeah, okay. Like, I'm not saying he's a good person. I just, I'm not sure he's only telling her because she's beautiful now. Oh, no, no, no. I'm saying that helps. Yeah. Like, he wants to exchange numbers with her. He wants to continue a relationship or some yeah. kind of relationship with yeah, her, not which, necessarily. Yeah. Because he's also like, oh, you look amazing. Like, you look so good. And it's like, but she doesn't even look like what she used to look yeah. like anymore. And I don't under, yeah. So I thought that People was being interesting. People like, oh my God, you look great. It's like, why isn't the response always like, who the fuck are you and what's going on? Yeah, who are <laughs> you? Because like, you have blonde hair, you're really tall and skinny now. And like- <laughs> You definitely, your face is different. But also that thing of like, God, you know, those people that just get addicted to like lip filler mm-hmm. or anything, right? Any kind of filler where it's like if you go too much at one one go, mm-hmm. then it's like, uh oh, now I'm kind of because the best filler, you don't know it's there. Mm-hmm. But if I can see something, yeah, I'm like, Ooh, make oh, my out, God, that's like the last thing that you want. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but like or just like someone who's gotten so much work done that they're like no longer look like who they were which like that's fine 
But I also understand the idea of like looking in the mirror and being like, oh, I used to like look like my parents. Oh, yeah. And now I, I don't. And especially when they're gone. Section because I think I highlighted it. I just thought it was great. Very sad. Okay. At some point, I forgot to be making highlights. <laughs> I start. Like, I know. I was going to start, but then I was in it. I was just like, click, yeah. click, click through, click through, click through. Yeah. Um, dude, the, some of the treatments were so gnarly. Ew, that one couple with the worms. Oh, wait, the, the couple who come in or the couple or like Alice and her boyfriend? The couple who come in to do the worm thing. I forget where, what the like, worm thing is. Where like he fucks her with worms. Oh, her pussy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Sorry, guys. <contact> <laughs> Posthumous. Posthumous. Sorry. Um, this is not it, but I liked this part, and it is about, like, her her parents and her features. Um, mm-hmm. Even though the pay is better than any of the restaurant jobs I had before, my financial situation remains precarious. No matter how hard I try to save, it's almost impossible not to hemorrhage money in New York. I remember my parents holding my hand up to the light when I was small, remarking on the lack of gaps between my fingers when I squeezed them together. No money escape your hands, they exclaimed proudly. How I wish that were the case. Yep. Yep. And that's the other thing, too, of like the consumerism thing and like when you work in an industry like that, like you are expected to like look like something that cannot be achieved and to do that, you must spend a lot of money. And then so you're like poor, pretending to be rich, selling things to the even more rich that I was like, oh, my God, I can relate. Yeah. I used to work retail and I remember I would be running from school to to the job. And I remember one time I I had my I didn't have my hair done and it was just down. And my boss was like. She like took me aside and she she like pointed out oh this girl Angie she pointed out Angie and she's like see Angie's hair and I was like yeah and she's like maybe you should do your hair like Angie it would be nice if you had your hair done for work fuck you yeah yeah and I was like okay <laughs> but also like her hair was never done so I was like what <laughs> like what are we okay, talking about here? other people to higher standards than yourself great. Yeah. Um. Here is one part. I just did a search of the word features and found a couple <laughs> bits. Mm-hmm. Um. So this, she's visiting them in the uh, facility uh, that she has them in. Um. I wait to see if either of them will respond. Ma's mouth falls open once before closing again. Ma's hand twitches a little in mine as I try to massage it the way she always massaged my hands after piano practice. I stroke her arm where the metal crushed it, almost thankful she isn't conscious enough to process what happened to her hands in the accident. I love you both. I kiss them each on the forehead and leave. Sometimes I have the energy to talk and talk, but today I duck into the bathroom and allow myself to cry for a bit before composing myself. It is hard to see their shrinking frames and shredded lips. In the stained bathroom mirror, I watch as tears fall from Ma's eyes onto Ba's nose. It gives me some comfort, at least, to see their features preserved in me. But not for long. Oh, my God. Wait, did I tell you about the dream I had? Um, For some reason, every time, like, things in my life are really hard, I have a dream that my grandma, I'm seeing my grandma that raised me, my Asian grandma. Uh-huh. And did, I don't know if I, I told I you about know, this. I don't know, maybe. 
keep going and I it might um come loose well, like in my the brain. First, the first one, it was like so touching. I don't know. Like it was like I think right when I was getting divorced and I was like very I don't like you know, sad and stressed and all of that and feeling like a failure. And um I had this dream, like my so my grandma always used to like like stroke my hair or like stroke my back when I was really little. And I had this dream that I was just standing and I felt someone stroking my hair. Hmm. And I like, and it felt so real. And I like, um, didn't turn around, but I heard somehow in English. And that was another thing too, like by the end of my grandmother's life, like I had lost a lot of my Vietnamese and she didn't really speak very much English. And so our ability to communicate was like very... Hmm difficult um and i wish that i had preserved more vietnamese so i could i don't know talk to her and like really communicate to her much i loved her before she died um but i could feel her like stroking my hair and then i just heard so clear 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 like a bell her saying like i love you and then i said i love you and i knew that she could understand me like she could understand the the complete weight with which i was saying Mm. And I understood that from her. And then, like, I turned around and both of my grandparents were there. And I was just like, I love you. And then I woke up. That's so nice. And I was, like, crying. I was, like, weeping. I was like, oh, my God. And then, like, uh, like a couple months ago, I was, like, very stressed again. I don't know. This has been a hard year. And I, like, was in the back of a minivan in my dream. And the minivan door opened slid open and my grandmother was outside and she like looked at me and then she just started crying and like out of like she just like was so sad for me and I was crying because I was like really sad yeah and then like we were like both just like crying and I was just like I miss you and then I woke up I used to have or I I had one not so so long ago so I still do have them but dreams where I'm I just go to the house, to my grandma's house that I was raised in in San Diego. Mm-hmm. And because uh, after my grandma died, we sold it and moved. And I just had mm-hmm. one year left. And then I went to college and I was, I haven't lived in San Diego since. Well, except for the nine months mm-hmm. I lived with my mom after I lost my job. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, in every single dream, I just go to the house and visit it and cry in every room. I just go to each room and I ball and ball and ball and then I move to the next room and I cry and cry and cry and I move to the next room and then the next mm-hmm. room and every dream is the same. But the house always looks a little different so in my, in yeah, my dream. Yeah, it's like a little bit like adjusted. Yeah, a little bit off. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your mom's house but not your mom's yep. house. <laughs> yeah. It's sad. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, also when the narrator has to like tell that homeless man to oh man leave yeah and she feels like and she has to like, like prove an, something and so she gets really harsh with him and he's like an old asian man about the age of her dad and she's literally like making him leave this new life that she <laughs> she's like trying to chase out the ghost of her culture of her past of her trauma of everything mm-hmm. at this new job and she's like screaming at him to a point where he's like, Jesus Christ, and leaves. Yeah, where she like becomes like something animal. She's like yeah. so 
fierce and scary. Speaking of becoming something animal. <laughs> um, so the like products and procedures that like they all get this. I didn't understand the pebble. I didn't know how big it was because like how could it fit all these pills? And like I didn't really understand it's, what that was. This book is a little bit like sci-fi slash magical yeah. realism. Mm-hmm. Not these products aren't real and could never be real. I don't know. Some of them. Well, I don't know. Maybe the spider web eyelashes. Who knows? But most mm-hmm. of it is fake. Or like like the, the... the mandala that sits around her chest. Like mm-hmm. somehow it's it's like a heightened goopy version of of like a Fitbit. <laughs> because mm-hmm. it monitors her it reminds wellness. Me. It monitors all of her vitals and reminds her to take her supplements. Mm-hmm. This reminds me a little bit of like it's hmm it's almost uh kind of like the kind of world that like a yorgos lanthimos movie would be um where it's like uh strange and not the world we live in but close it's like instead of being sci-fi where it's like oh it's the future it's like present time but it's like just to the left of what's real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, it reminds me a lot of like the lobster or um, I think more of the lobster um, than killing of a sacred deer, but kind of like that where it's like, I don't, have you yeah. seen the lobster? Yeah. Like it kind of reminds me of that where it's like, oh yeah, I don't know. We just do this thing, but it's not as absurd. Yeah, it's it's maybe, it's, it's weirder than this, but it's also like severance is a, yeah, it's yeah. not possible. But it's definitely, this is more like horror and surreal than Severance, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's it's cool. I like the world of this book. It's Me too. goop, but sci-fi. Yeah. Like the, ew, the, the like remoras and um, crabs where you like sit in a tub of remoras and crabs. Yeah, I didn't understand that at all. So <gasps> I think the remoras like suck on your face Ugh. or skin or whatever and get out bad Botox or toxins or anything. And then they poop stuff out into the water, which then gets eaten by the crabs, filtered by the crabs. Mm-hmm. And then the crabs poop out something that's like good for your skin or something. But you're just in a really stinky bath, like horribly stinky, which I don't get why they're so stinky. <laughs> Maybe it's because they're eating literal poison, like they're eating. Maybe. Because crabs on their own, they smell crabish, but they don't smell. Or it's like, like rotten some of the it's like the muck smell i don't know yeah it's like whatever they're pooping out Mm -hmm. stinks um to be determined we do not (laughs) something's yeah something stinky though but she is being monitored at all times by this little like pebble mandala necklace thing that she wears and it sends her biometrics to them um also like she she gets this job because this woman shows up who's like, oh, my God, I recognize you. Like, comes into a restaurant that she's working at. It's like, oh, my God, I recognize you. Like, do you, were you the pianist? And she's like, yeah. And she's like, oh, my God, do you want to work or come into the place to, to Holistic? So then she goes and then she's like, do you want to work here? And she's like, oh, my God, yeah. And so it kind of, like, seems to fall in her lap <laughs> when it's actually, like, it- been manufactured very targeted from the get-go like just the fact that she knows that she played piano is like red flag red flag 
Yeah. And also like this woman who does not seem to have eaten a fry in her life comes in and asks to share your fries and doesn't order anything. Mm -hmm. That's so weird. Very weird. Do not trust. But do not trust. Um, Sage? I I thought it's Sage. Saya? Oh. <laughs> I I thought it's about that. it's probably that listening to the audiobook. Just maybe the sample. Maybe it would be in the sample because she is right at the beginning of the book. But I bet it said sage. It's just spelled yeah. fancy. S A J E. Yeah. Um but yeah, so she starts working there and she's given like stuff that's tailored just for her. Um and then we find out that her parents are in a facility. And we also find out that Sage and Helen, no, just Sage, knows the name of the facility, even though she's never told her. Yeah. Did, wait, did they kill her or I harm her? I thought about it. And I do, I feel, I still feel like it's possible like they because have to they're, have. they're, I, they need her isolated. Yeah. So I think it's very possible. For mm-hmm. sure. So, Basically, what happened was when she was at the conservatory, she was, like, belittled and abused and... And also drugged uh, and prostituted. Mm-hmm. Sent out to donors and brought for, to, to, to be, like, a little... Performing monkey. Yeah, but then also some of the donors would would rape her while she was unconscious. Well, specifically. Victor. Specifically yeah. Victor, who used to have long hair and look different because he's gotten so much work mm-hmm. done. Victor being one of the founders. It's Victor and mm-hmm. Sage are founders of Holistic. And it turns out Sage is like 70. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, and things are not going well at... Um, the other thing that I was like annoyed with um, the narrator, and not because this was unbelievable, but because like if I was her friend, I'd be like, oh my God was like how shitty her place was and like how she just kind of put up with it whereas like yeah there had to have been a place that was not that hellish that she could afford yeah but i think she wants to because she doesn't even have a shower yeah she does i think she just like really hates herself she does yeah for sure because she blames herself for her for everything Mm -hmm. everything and like some of the stuff she did yeah that was really selfish but also you were a child and you were being abused all the time. Yeah. And so, ways that you aren't even conscious of. Yeah. And manipulated mm-hmm. heavily. <laughs> um, because uh, we find out at the end of the book that Victor is the anonymous benefactor that paid for her to go to... Um, the conservatory. Very, yeah, the conservatory. Because her dad used to take video of her playing the piano when she was a kid and put it up on, like, YouTube. And so she she had a little mm-hmm. bit of a following. Mm-hmm. And Helen um, saw her and showed Victor. Yeah, because Helen was... And didn't Hugh... Henry. <laughs> Henry also had listened to it, like Henry and Helen, because they're twins. Well, Henry was directed at her. Yeah, by Victor mm-hmm. to use this app that isn't on the market yet, Eros. E-R-O-S, where you add people to your cart. Mm-hmm. Creepy. And she decides to use it because, for many reasons, she wants to not feel anything. She wants to punish herself, punish herself and she wants a clean shower. So she uses it to use the shower at 
the guy's house. Um, and that's where she runs into Helen, who's taking a bath. And she's like super transfixed by Helen because she's so beautiful and charming. And like there's just something between them. And they love each other. They love each other. Helen, poor Helen. She didn't even know what was no. happening. She didn't know anything. Helen was an innocent. And she. And she is legit like, nice. She's legit nice. And she's like always inviting the narrator to come out with her. And like they're just trying to be a couple of gals having a fun time in New York. Mm-hmm. Lilith's weird. She's strange. Um, I, But I knew that she was there for investigative journalism journalism oh yeah as soon as um yeah helen told the narrator about her background i was like oh she's, yeah, she's there like, to oh, all of a sudden yeah when she's you like fool. oh all of a sudden like she doesn't care anymore and she's working here i was like um <laughs> no <laughs> idiotique yeah <laughs> uh, i can't believe you guys don't see through it um but yeah she's there to take holistic down um also, because she's always seen through Victor's shit. Mm-hmm. Good for her, but she's also he's not creepy. very nice to the narrator. She's not. She's not. But she's also dealing with her own shit, too, because she loves Helen, too. True. Um, Dude, the part where so at first when she starts working there, she's like, all these women look alike. They all have. And that was another sign, too. So everyone has blonde hair statuesque whatever whatever except lilith who's like well i'm like not taking the ones to change my hair color yeah she's trying to retain as much as she can she's only taking what she's has to as an employee yes and so at first all of these women look alike and then when she finds out when the narrator finds out that like because remember at the beginning when um sage is like we want a multicultural like a diverse um, talent pool and she's like looking around she's like uh i'm like the only asian one but then we find out that actually all everybody like a lot of them <laughs> like are all of them and they've just like been transformed to be white women it's crazy that was wild scary 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 very <laughs> scary 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 very um i was also very surprised <laughs> i didn't see that coming that they were all me neither. They were all non-white people. And she's like, oh my God, and two of them are even mm -hmm. Asian. Including Ugh. Lilith. Lilith. Who she runs into in Chinatown taking care of her grandmother. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because Lilith is a, like, child, like a bastard child, basically, of a famous director, where, like, he... Her mom is a mistress of his, and he just kind of, like, doesn't really want anything to do with her. Yeah, sad. So, I think, honestly, she's, that's why she's, like, yeah, disillusioned she's and, like, doesn't buy into this shit. Yeah. And it kind of protects her from the holistic mm -hmm. shit. Um, also, I totally got to, like, so when, when she starts giving her parents the holistic stuff, I was like, she should do that. Like, at first I was like, oh, well, maybe this, like, fancy shit will, like, cure her parents. That's what I thought. But. Or it might have been helping. It's not. And then she started giving them weird tester stuff that Helen had. Right. Which is what yeah. she was being given as well. And it gave them fucking. What I was it? The name. 
the disease. Some disease that you Hold want on. to get if you're like a cannibal. Ew. Cannibalism disease. Kuru. Kuru. Ew. Yeah, it's an infectious protein. So it's a prion disease in contaminated human brain tissue. Ew. <laughs> what does Kuru do to your body? Yeah, twitching, loss of coordination. Oh, my. Patho- pathologic bursts of laughter, which are a symptom of the disease. Oh, my God. This is, like, making me want to throw up. Creepy. Um, but, yeah, so her parents get that because, A, their um, immune systems are already damaged. And then, B, it's like she's just siphoning, like, fucking human tissue into their uh-huh. diets. And she she kind of knows something is up, too, because she is like sneaking around after hours because she like lets the worm couple (laughs) do their appointment and she's alone at Holistic. And something bad has happened at the quote zoo, which is like something's up with the animals. Um, And so there's kind of a crisis and she throws up. She like feels dizzy. And also Helen at this point has been like experiencing like chest pains and dizzy spells and all of this stuff from the beginning. She's like, I'm so clumsy now, blah, blah, blah. Um, and the narrator throws up and sh- she throws up like a, like, it looks like a piece of hair, which, how did that happen? Don't Because I thought she was eating powders. Yeah. I don't know how like a full on hair. I forget when, when does that happen? Is she like having lunch with someone or? Um, so there's two instances. Like one is she throws up uh, in the lab and it's like right before she's like bonked on the brain and like is brought to the place like brought to um the gunks um but she throws up like a clump of hair and then later she's having lunch with helen and there's like a a a strand of hair in the egg yolk that she's eating that helen's eating i don't know how she ate like a chunk of hair no it's just sort of like ooh weird (laughs) But also she might have been being, like, force-fed stuff while she was, like, out of it or who knows. It was also specifically, like, a red hair. Yeah. Belonging to Sage. Yeah. I think that the hair in the egg yolk is just symbolism. I don't actually – I think it's just, like, a piece of her hair fell out. But her throwing up the clump of hair, I don't know how that happened. Yeah. Um, It's weird. I had something like that in the TV show I was, like – uh, the the spec I wrote it wasn't in the spec but like it was in like a later episode as a character was gonna like throw up and just like human hair was gonna come out <laughs> Ugh, like spaghettis cause it's creepy it is creepy oh right so she's brought to the gunks which is basically like the farm ooh the deer were so creepy what was going on with those deer I don't know I thought that they were like human deer yeah, me too, like <laughs> Annihilation style. I was yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Because they're, they're like security deer. <laughs> yeah, but then like that one was like walking as if it didn't even notice that it was running into the window over and over again. That was creepy. I was like, yeah. what is happening here? And then she discovers these like cameras and she also discovers these pits with like gelatinous goo in them and these giant birds flying around. And um, she sees on the cameras that like, Sage and Victor are bringing 
definitely a body, but she's like, oh, a like, weirdly <laughs> shaped bag. She's like really constantly lying to herself. Yeah. I know. But she definitely gets caught, although she doesn't know in the moment. And she gets sent back to her life. And there's just bills, bills, bills from her parents. So she's like, I need I need like a a raise or like a, an advance or something. And they're like, well, we have an opportunity for you. It's only two days a week. And um, it's called, which one is it? Apothecary. Right. Right. But like there, there's like two different things offered at Apothecary. There's loom. There's uh, like intellect. Yeah. Skintellect. And well, the things that they're testing on her, she's told that it's sex work. Yeah. But the things they're testing on her are skintellect and everlasting. Everlasting. That's the thing that she's that she's. Oh, did you know that the uh, the the rights for this were. Constance Wu got the rights and I knew somebody got the rights and was developing a movie. Yeah. Or a TV show. Cause she's That's cool. Thanks in in the like thank yous at the end. She says something about can't wait to see it on the mm-hmm. uh screen and something about UTA. Mm-hmm. So yeah, when is that um, coming and I where can I watch it? <laughs> I know. I'm excited. I want to see it. Um so she starts, she thinks she's doing sex work, but it is very, like, so the first thing she has to do when she sh- shows up is, like, swim in this pool, <laughs> and then she gets, like, slathered with, like, a goo. hmm A shimmery and then, goo. And then she gets, like, sprayed with, like, a decontamination spray, and then she falls asleep, and then she wakes up, and oh, my God, this was horrible. Horrible huge 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 warning here guys because this next part is like body horror like Mm -hmm. weird scientific rape shit like horrible Mm -hmm. horrible horrible but she wakes up and she's got like blood gooing from her fucking vagina Mm -hmm. and then she like squirts out a bunch of fucking papaya seeds and i was like what is happening here. she's told it's papaya she's told it's papaya but and she's told seeds. that they were used as like papaya it was a natural sex toy i'm like are you fucking stupid or something it was really funny when she's telling lilith she's like well no i signed a contract for for natural for organic all natural sex work and lilith like yeah. stares at her and she's like oh now that i've said it out loud that does sound ridiculous <laughs> Well, because Lilith is like, since when was sex not organic? Yeah. And she's like, oh. <sighs> mm, I hear it now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then she starts to kind of get hip to what's going on. And she accidentally like kind of wakes up during one of the procedures. And there's like a scary drill. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't even. Ugh. This is so creepy. And then she's like. She's being inseminated by an octopus. Mm-hmm. But not even really an octopus. It's like a drill with octopus stuff in it. Yeah. Or like, no, 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 because there, there's like literally like a snake thing slithering inside her. I thought it was the drill. I kind of skimmed the it's drill like stuff because I was very disgusted. Both? It's like the, the drill put the thing inside her. Ah, the whole thing? Some The drill put something inside her because she says something. She says she's talking about it slithering around in her. And then, like, squanching onto something. 
it's so creepy it's like i think the i think the the device puts the octopus inside her or something and then it like grabs onto her like uh uterus or like fallopian tube and there's like blood and it's horrible so she's like kind of awake for this part and she's like, fuck, like something's weird. But then she keeps going back. And I I'm could like, okay. not wrap my brain around what everlasting was supposed to be. Like what they were pretending to say yeah. it was. What they're even yeah. selling. Well, because they were saying that like the gestational period is way shorter and you have a pregnancy without any change to your body in like two months. Yeah, but like and how does an octopus feel? feature in and then like somebody gets pregnant and it's clearly not human and they force the woman to carry the baby to term i know and it yeah very ick extremely um (laughs) nothing but ick ew (laughs) ew ew icky um and then she so then she like decides to go back because oh because she's like i need to get that's why she goes back she's like i need to get like figure out what they're doing so that Lilith can expose them. So she like slathers herself in Vaseline so that way it doesn't it can't penetrate go into her, her skin. skin. And it's the very she stuff per- that her mom used to rub into her hands to keep them from getting cracked and blistered yeah. on a piano. <laughs> I know. So then she pretends that she swam in the thing and then she's like, oh my God, my hair's wet. And then they like try to put the stuff on her skin and it doesn't really go into her skin. And they're just like, why isn't it sticking? And she's like, mm, I don't know. It's really weird. And they're like, whatever, I guess we have to get you through anyway. So then she goes in and she acts all docile and then she's awake for the whole thing, but it gets stopped because they're like, this one is spoiled because she stops taking her medicine. And they're like, what do you mean? And, and it's Sage's voice. And she's like, she, her mandala, like biometrics are all over the place like this is done she's spoiled like just give it up yeah but before this helen has already died poor helen helen no so helen's been getting dizzier and dizzier by the moment and then they come to her house or no she's at the hospital and she looks completely different and they're trying to take care of her at her house at one point and she's like it's not growing fur and shit completely yeah. different yeah and like the skin, and skin is, is like melting off of her yeah and her hair's like her regular hair is like falling out and it's like all this stuff and then when they find out that she's dead and she's in the morgue she's just like melted skin on a tray yep so sad and then they're just really sad and then lilith and the narrator have sex and it's weird because they're both thinking about helen <laughs> yeah and then Lilith is like, you might look like Helen, but you're not her. And she's like, wait. Is she And she's like, I'm not really going to think about that. And then later she's like, oh, shit, I do look exactly like Helen, which means we were taking the same thing, which means what happened to Helen's going to happen to me. Mm-hmm. But why would Helen then be like, stop taking everything? Because like, no, you need to like. What, take it forever? Cycle off of it. I don't think you, you can. You cannot just go straight off of this shit. But that's what they say at the end is that like abruptly going off of it her body didn't know how to normalize itself so she needed to like taper yeah and slowly like over the course of like two years like i did with my psych meds but i don't even know if you can because it did like genetically change her so i don't even know if she could ever 
Yeah, she'd probably need to be taking something else to correct it. But like, at the very least, I don't think this is a go cold turkey situation. Or maybe just take it forever. <laughs> but then you look different. So I, don't, I just don't even know what you do. But like, you can't take it forever if the company goes down. That's true. But guess what? The company doesn't even really go down. Yeah, it gets bought. It gets bought. And then it's more popular than ever. <laughs> so funny. I mean, sad. So by the end of it, so she basically saves everything. By, so what we find out is that they use this big giant magnifying glass to burn piles of women um, with the sun. And she uses her body to aim it at Sage and because um, she's put in the pile to burn. But she's still mm-hmm. alive. So she crawls up, turns the magnifying glass to burn Sage and Victor, melts her hands in the process. And like the whole front of her body, it does burn them. She then calls the police, but then Victor's there, still on fire somehow, chokes her out, and then she wakes up much later, and she's like now part animal, part like she's unrecognizable as herself. Everyone, like kids on the street, are like, "You said monsters aren't real." Like her hands are fused together. Um, or her fingers are fused together. Yeah, it's like webbing or something. Yeah, because she's like part octopus or something. She's like part many different animals. And she then learns how to play piano again, becomes famous for it. But she knows it's only because of the spectacle and people don't do it to listen to her music. But she also finds that she can now play the way she's always wanted to. She doesn't have to, yeah, follow conventions. Mm-hmm essentially because like she's uh deformed right i could just like do what she wants oh i felt bad or i felt creeped out by i mean obviously by victor but like at the beginning when he because his whole thing is he's obsessed with beauty and he's at her um uh one of her recitals as a donor and she's looking at these Rothkos, and she doesn't realize that it's Victor at that time. And Yeah, this is a flashback. And he's like, oh, yeah, these are beautiful, aren't they? And she had played a couple of pieces. And he's like, I really liked that first piece you played. It was really beautiful, but I didn't like that second one. And she's like, why? And he's like, because it's not beautiful. And she's like, it wasn't supposed to be beautiful. It's supposed to be, like, haunting and, like, yeah, full of grief. And, and also, like, your idea of beauty is, like, fucking limited, sir. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There is beauty in this, like, sadness. But, like, all you see is, like, you want the pretty, the easy pieces, you know? Yeah. Wait. Yeah. And she's, like, annoyed by him in that moment. And later we learn it's Victor and he's, like, had his hooks in her the whole time. But I was just like, God, what a freak. He reminds Mm -hmm. me of that dad. The dad who's doing, he's, like, putting his son's blood in him. What dad? Oh, my God. Don't tell me. You must know about this man. What are you talking about? Oh, my God. He's a billionaire. What are you talking about? Putting son's blood inside himself. Yeah. You don't know about this man? No. There's no way. It's like been a a Twitter joke for so long. Okay. He (laughs) and people were doing. um, (laughs) uh, What's it called? Uh, Halloween costumes of him. 
so funny. So his name is Brian Johnson. He's a 45-year-old biotech founder. Um, he wanted to rewind the clock of his body um, through a program he calls Project, Project Blueprint. So he was putting his 17-year-old son's blood in his blood. Eee. And he spends, it's something like, here, I'm going to send you this because it does show all the pictures, which maybe that will, you're like, oh, maybe I've seen that. Um, my son, father, and I completed the world's first multi-generational plasma exchange, once divided by the mind, now united by biology. <laughs> okay. And then he, it's, it's, the amount of money he spends a day is like crazy on this. Um, he's doing everything possible to reverse the aging process. So after all of this, he's been doing this for years. He's been, um, it's, it's a, it's a non-scientifically proven process and not right. FDA suggested. Um, I think he looks worse now than, oh, I'm sorry. His son's name is Talmadge. <laughs> um, of course it is. Hold on. I'm trying to see Talmadge. how much money does, what's his name? Brian. How much money spent on Project Blueprint? Uh, $2 million a year. So he spends $2 million a year to reverse his age and his body now, so he's 45. After all of this, his body is now biologically 42. <laughs> Congrats, sir. <laughs> but he's claiming his goal. I mean, this is something Mike jokes about all the time of like young blood. Yeah. This is this is real. Brian Johnson. He's well, like, I'm sorry, you still look 45, sir. Yeah, that's the problem. He still looks 45 and you just what wear like weird shirts. Yeah. He claims that his skin is 28 and he has the breathing capacity of an 18 year old. Like at, at what cost? And like also <laughs> according to whom? <laughs> yeah. And also like. This is your life. Like, all you care about is this pursuit of this thing that, like, isn't going to fucking happen. And, like, I just feel like what a waste of you're yeah. chasing a different, you're chasing an impossible future. So you don't experience today at all. Yeah. What a freak. It's silly. It's silly. It's but he reminds silly. me of him, of Vincent. Victor. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. But I would say read this one. This is a good one. I really liked this book a lot. Highly recommend it. I cried a lot. I also, I just like was thinking about it a lot. And I know I say that for a lot of our books, but I really was thinking about it a lot. It's just like really good. <laughs> it's well written. It's well, it's laid out well. It's creepy. It doesn't do the crime of explaining certain things too much. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like just, just it doesn't overexplain. It. it doesn't underexplain. Yeah. It doesn't. It's like it's a fun comment on goop styles, mm -hmm. like beauty obsessions, mm -hmm. wellness, self care. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. <clears throat> um, which self care to me? Eating a little bag of takis, <laughs> making my stomach hurt real bad. <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk self-care? Yeah. Takis. Give me a give me a bag of takis. <laughs> Actually, the takis that I got are like these little tiny, this tiny bags. And the takis inside are baby. They're really cute. They're like tiny takis. 
And it's perfect. It's like little, little bite. Yeah, I suggest it. If you ever want to start trying Takis, <laughs> you can get the tiny bags. Um, <laughs> but thank you, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate you. Thank you to our Patreon subscribers. If you'd like to become one, go to patreon.com slash teen creeps. <laughs> Extra stuff for you there. Shout out to our Patreon producers who give it the $15 a month level. Thank you, Adam Halwitz, Amanda K, Amy T, Ann Dwyer, Caitlin L, Carrie H, Courtney McPhail, Danielle Lamana, Drew Waranis, Ellie Lagos, Elizabeth E, Emma, Emma M, Erica T, Aaron B, Gabriela Santiago, Gwendolyn Ludovic, Hannah L, Jeffrey L, Jeremy Cronk, Jeremy Goodfellow and Marco Pavlicich, Jesse T, Jessica Smith-Harper, Jessica U, Jonathan Venable, Kat Miller, Keith Anderson, Kelly Burns, Carrie N, Kodiak Siegel, Landry Desmond, Larry Nguyen, Laura Hooper, Maddie M, Megan Lozier, Melody, Micah Eunice, Miguel Camacho, Molly G, Molly Marks, Noah Spargo, Rachel C, Randy Clett, Rebecca Goss, Robert F, Rogue Kalahua, Sarah Wallen, Sasha Gibson, Sylvie T, Victoria Beck, and Whitney E. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next episode. Until then, keep it creepy. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Kelly Nugent, Lindsay Katai, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.